Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Movie Magpies. I'm your host, as always, Will, and here with me is my co-host, Monique. This week we'll be talking about another great film, this one being Joker. Warnings for mental illness and depictions of graphic violence. With all that said, let's get straight into it. So, Monique, what is Joker about? For people who don't know. The Netflix summary is, in 1981, Gotham City, a struggling, mentally ill comic battles to be seen. His life takes a dark, gut-wrenching turn after he lashes back at attackers. So basically, it's an origin story for the Joker in the DC Universe. Yeah, which I think is quite ballsy to do because... For people who have read the comics, and I don't expect people to have read all of the Batman comics because that's an intense endeavor, there are so many, but... That's so much to read. (laughs) But interestingly enough, the Joker never really gets an origin story, other than in the killing joke where he alludes to a past that he once had, though it's alluded to that he's lying about this past, which is quite fitting because in Arthur, it's a lot of that same merit in this film, which I really like. You can't really trust what he's saying or what he's seeing for a lot of it, which is really, really interesting to do, especially in terms of a normal story structure, which I would argue that this film just doesn't have. A huge compliment to the director and the writing. This film does that really well. I completely agree with you. I was originally one of those people that was more on the why are they giving the Joker a backstory? type of origin story I should say vibe like when it first came out I was very on that side of the fence where I was like the whole point is that nobody knows where he came from yeah and he's super chaotic he's the antithesis of Batman that's why he doesn't have an origin story and Batman does and yada 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 but I actually really liked this movie I in fact liked it more on the second watch round than I did on the first Mm. I've I've heard a lot of people who have reviewed it say a very similar thing in that the second time watching it you really get to enjoy it I for our listening audience at home have only watched it once I still really enjoyed it though, and I think there is there is so much to like about this film. I mean, the visuals in it, I don't know about you, but I loved the visuals. I loved how we really stuck to a couple primary colours. I really, really loved this pull away from, because the subject is dark and gritty, we have to keep the visuals that way too. They managed to make everything look very old and washed out without actually taking the colour away from the scene, which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this film does that really well in that it still uses quite vibrant colours. The two main colours that I noticed being used constantly were the tungsten yellow, or in some parts mustard yellow, and a deep, deep blue. So the film never sacrifices vibrance for mood. And yet it still manages to still manages to master both of those in order to create a very sinister feeling film. Or not sinister, but unnerving film where though the colours are quite vibrant or at the very least not monotone, you still feel this sense of unease because of the subject matter. I just can't say like I just love the use of primary colours in this, I suppose. I can't really say more than I can't get enough of films that aren't visually dark like subject matter can be what it wants but there's something really really easy to watch and engaging about having a varied 
Well, this isn't even a varied color scheme, just a bright no. color scheme. It's, it's a very simple color palette, but what I, I wanted to ask you, Monique, do you think that the Joker chose more to go with a stylistic approach to mood and color palette as opposed to sticking with what most people knew worked? That being, you know, the dark colors, the dark shades, all of that for making a film that has a more morally dark undertone. Pardon? I didn't really understand that. Sorry. Oh, so, so do you think that, let me rephrase this, so Joker definitely uses a more colorful style, but do you think it was an active decision made by the people in charge to go with a more stylistic look over something that was more tried and true? So, okay, okay. a, so a series... Yeah, to yeah, be stylized. A, yeah, to be more stylized. So, Oops. stepping into that uh, experimentation as opposed to uh, exploitation of what works and what has been proven to have worked? Yeah, funnily enough, I was going to ask you sort of the same thing. Huh. I believe that it's possibly because of the way that they do his suit in the end, a play on the usual vibrant colours of the Joker. And that's what I wanted to ask you is, do you think that the reason that they stuck to those sort of more primary, um, simple colour palette, but kept it so vibrant, was to hark back to the fact that the Joker is usually like neon green and purple? Classically, yeah. that's what everybody remembers him as. Is that what they were trying to hark back to with the vibrant colours and just keep it within their era? that they were filming in, I suppose, the era of the um, movie, the 1980s. The 1980s. Well, that's definitely a good thought about it. I can't speak for what the director wanted, but I do feel like the use of colour was very intentional, of course, because of course it was. It was all put in there specifically for the film, but the use of colour was very intentional to create this sense of unease because in the comics, the Joker is a very vibrant character who does horrible things, but he's still this vibrant character, and I don't think many versions of him in film come across that same way where he's sinister but also jovial, which in enhances his sinisterness or the sinister nature of his character, and I think mm. that's what this film does really well in terms of colour. It's almost one of the best DC films that I say, like touch wood, please it's... nobody come for me, just because it really does capture the essence of the Joker, which is that juxtaposition between whimsical and almost like childlike colours and yeah. stage presence, for lack of a better word, but then of course with his actions and his goals, uh, the complete other, like very dark, grim, violent, gritty... Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the, the arc of the film, it all goes in quite an interesting direction. We won't spoil anything for this review, but if you want to hear us talk more about more in depth about it, we will be doing that in our hour long in depth review of this. But we've we've talked a great deal about the colour of Joker and the colour of the film, but I think the next big thing about this that I think you and I both agreed on being one of the strongest parts of the film is the soundtrack, the score. The music, even just audio cues in general rather than like the straight out musical pieces are done so extraordinarily well in this film. I remember while we were watching, we were talking to each other about like the music sort of closer towards the end of the um, movie. Yeah, I think the... And after the 
even we were like oh gosh the is it a violin that they use it's a string instrument for sure i couldn't that tell you but possibly i think there is definitely violin in it done very very well yeah so well the the composition is all just incredibly well done it's all very purposeful in that it helps the film as i've written it or as i've seen it it helps the film lie to you or persuade you to be sympathetic to a character who in most walks of life would come off as quite untrustworthy because i think you and i can both agree that arthur on paper is not a sympathetic character. Yeah, exactly. He's one of those people that if you read about his mentality and you were sort of, you know, point blank, very emotionless going through the things that he was doing, you'd be like, this is not a good person. This is not someone that I can sympathize with. But the movie does a really good job of flipping that on its head and sort of putting you in his shoes. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's so much putting us in his shoes. It's more a sense that we because there is so little empathy for him we feel this responsibility to empathize for him oh you see when i said put us in their shoes i'm speaking a lot about the mentality of the film trying not to go into spoilers but the fact that a lot of the times the audience is sort of left going wait hang on what question mark there's a lot of confusion and it to me feels a lot like being put in the mentality of the character i suppose not as if we can sympathize with him and see why he's doing the actions that he's doing but more that the film does a really good job of making us feel as disoriented as he does at times yeah i guess that is definitely a way of looking at it for sure would you agree with me in this that arthur doesn't get an easy ride from the start of the film to most of the way through it he doesn't get an easy ride i don't yeah not at all. He's treated pretty much like garbage most of the way, which is why I think that it's more that we feel empathy for him in situations because we're there watching him in his day-to-day and most of his day-to-day is getting treated like garbage. Yeah, pretty getting much Getting bullied, basically, most being by pretty much everyone he while knows. he's down yeah. would be a good way to put that. Like, it almost feels like wave after wave of bad things happen to him and that he can't catch a break. So I completely agree with you and I understand where you're coming from there. Like, it's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I did want to say with the whole presence of making us feel empathetic towards him, there is one specific camera technique that I noticed and I've been looking to use in future projects of mine that I thought was just incredibly clever is that the director specifically wanted for very little sky to be visible within the film and there is so little sky within the film in frame so Todd Phillips the director he made sure that we could see very little sky and that was both done with framing using the camera so that it doesn't point upwards so we actually don't see a lot of sky but then also digitally adding in buildings to cover up the sky so that we get this sense of claustrophobia and this sense that we're almost trapped in this low socioeconomic part of Gotham. And that's one of the parts that is the most prominent within the film is this socioeconomic reflection in that the people who are most vulnerable are the least able to get help. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it can feel suffocating and claustrophobic for them in this sense that for people who have very little, is there a greater opportunity to 
pull yourselves out of it and in a world that sets them up almost to fail is that even really fair and I think the film actually does try to talk about that in a sense not it's not the point of the film but it is there and it does help highlight and help us follow along yeah, it isn't what the film's Arthur. about but it's definitely an underlying theme yes and i didn't i know that you mentioned it it was in your notes that they don't show the sky a lot yeah and i sort of because it was in your notes and we were talking a little bit back and forth noticed it but yeah. when you explain why that was done and to create the sense of claustrophobia i realized that's why a lot of this film you sort of feel tense and sort of unsettled yeah. restless almost would be the word that i used rather than unsettled um yeah that makes sense i think in this film you see the sky three times and every single time it's overcast thus reinforcing that sense that it is you're trapped in this world with arthur and you either need to get along with him or fight against him and then you'll end up hating the movie i don't think a lot of people ended up hating the movie because it's just the film makes it so much easier and persuades us more to start to empathize well empathize towards arthur not necessarily sympathize with his cause or relate to him because i definitely hope people don't relate to arthur but it's understandable that people would feel empathy for him it's that sort of thing where they frame this, I suppose, none of our sort of supporting main characters, because obviously Arthur is our main character. Yeah. But none of the people around him are painted in a particularly good light either. No. Especially those who are in places of power. Yeah, absolutely not. And I think that's a very interesting thing that the film does in that no one is framed as a good guy, or not necessarily even a bad guy in this film, but it does definitely go to these extra lengths to make everyone seem like they're definitely on the lower rungs of morality where they're definitely not the goodest of good people and they're probably not the worst but they're definitely not the average either and it could be because they need that tilted morality to survive or they do it for fun and that's probably what makes them worse in some sense yeah yeah it's that sort of you can i suppose empathize with arthur to a certain extent yeah i did forget his name really yeah. quietly <laughs> because you realize that the things that he's doing he's doing because of socio so so socio socioeconomically thank you yes. he's been put in a position where he feels like he has no other way out and then opposing to that you've got the higher up more well-off characters who seem to have these more frowned upon views or behaviors because they're rich and they can get away with it this film does a really good job of not dividing any of the characters too much it definitely still puts them down on the same level in terms of morals because no one in this is necessarily good no one is necessarily evil yeah i've said that but it divides them based on the wealth and where the distinction comes from between the morally grey protagonists to the morally evil wealthy. It holds that divide where it becomes more evident that the people in the poorer situations do it because they need to survive or this is how they survive and live and the wealthy do it because they can. 
Yeah, yeah, I think it's taken us a little while to get to that, but that's exactly, exactly what I was trying to say. It gives you a, these people are all morally on the same level, but for different reasons type of vibes. Like, they've all done bad things that we shouldn't condone or look past, but they were done for very different reasons, depending on the character. With all this said, as Joker is a Joker origin story, it fits into the DC comic book world incredibly well. I just wanted to say this specifically, it fits into the, the comic book world almost seamlessly because it carries a lot of that same atmosphere and that mood in which it's it comes from a comic book that's meant to be sold to all ages to a certain extent, so it has to be accessible for a lot of people, but it still has this underlying, what's the word I'm looking for? This underlying discomfort and melancholy attitude which made the DC comics so incredibly compelling to read. As someone who, as a teenager, would read Batman and who loved Hush and The Court of Owls, if people get this, these references, great, good for you. And the New 52, these were all... I kept coming back to DC Comics because they had this compelling narrative in which characters were mortal and human. I didn't necessarily care for Superman, as you can obviously tell, but in terms of the Batman villains and the Batman characters, most of them were mortal, and that's why the Joker became the most compelling villain, because he was human. But the thing that made him more than that was his ability to get inside people's heads, to be persuasive, to be unpredictable as well, and completely untouchable in that sense that he knew how to get away with what he wanted to do, and he did it. And this film really does reflect that. I hope that the new Batman film that's coming out does the same thing. I've heard that it's a lot of people say that it's probably going to be quite like that and I'm really looking forward to that because that actually really fits into what DC does incredibly well and it's probably going to be quite an unpopular opinion but I think Joker is probably the closest thing that we have had in a genuinely decent DC film for years. That's sort of what I said at the start where yeah. I said don't come for me for it but the Joker is probably one of the best DC films if not the best DC film yeah. that we've had. Just because it is really the first one to grasp that balance yeah, between absolutely. the clashing themes of DC. Yeah, and well, based on the reviews that I've read about Joker, a lot of people do say quite close to or similar things in that the film is quite well regarded. It's one of the highest grossing R-rated films ever, so ultimately that's pretty damn good mm -hmm. in terms of just sheer profits. For me, if people know me well enough, they'll know that I don't give much of a shit about profits in terms of a film's success because there are some really great films that made less than their budget and some terrible films that made more than their budget. The initial budget was 70 million for Joker and it made back 1 billion at the box office, which ultimately is a huge fucking success financially. And that's hard to argue with. I know there was a lot of supposed controversy about this film and we're not really going to talk about that because it's not important. It's not really the point of the film and it doesn't get to the point of what the film is. I think Todd Phillips genuinely did a really good job adapting a unique Joker story to film. He made it his own. The writers, he worked with Scott Silver on the screenplay and 
they made a completely original concept and it worked remarkably in their favor because it, it didn't try too hard to be a blockbuster DC film. No, they weren't trying too hard to make it enticing, to yeah. make it a superhero movie, I suppose, because it's about a supervillain. But they even didn't take the supervillain stance with it. They very much made it a look into the Joker as an individual yeah. and sort of why he would have come about rather than trying to make it the cool DC villain origin story, which yeah. is why a lot of I think a lot of people went from the why they're giving the Joker an origin story that's never been done before to this is a really good film because it did handle it incredibly well. And we've talked about the film to great lengths about these minute kind of details that we like to talk about. I felt like asking you specifically, we've talked about characters, we've talked about lighting, we've talked about all that stuff, but actors people who played their roles incredibly well. Were you about to mention Joaquin? Yeah, how did you feel about Joaquin's performance as Arthur Fleck? He was amazing. Oh yeah, easily. I was looking up while we were watching and after we were watching the movie, I was looking up Joaquin. He's almost unrecognizable in this movie. Like, he really dedicated himself to it. I think it was you who told me that he actually went, underwent physical changes to his body. Yeah, he lost a considerable amount of weight. Almost worryingly amount. Yeah, a dangerous amount of weight to, to play this role, which is always something that I always feel quite wary about in because based on stuff that I've heard about, in terms of method acting, method actors who do stuff like that, it can be really detrimental to your health. But Joaquin managed to really enhance his, I mean, not enhance, but really reinforce his performance doing that. And he perfectly encapsulates this character who, on the surface, is quite clearly misunderstood, quite clearly poorly treated, obviously had a long history of abuse and mistreatment but then he can also just bring this zest of a sinister side that becomes genuinely captivating to watch yeah he it's even if he hadn't have gone undergone such a physical change for this role he is almost unrecognizable in this role because of how well he embodied and stepped into it like he's one of those people who if you saw him in a different movie unless you heard his name you wouldn't know that it was him particularly like he does a very very good job of i suppose stopping you from recognizing him as the actor and completely selling you that he is in that moment that character that that was what i was gonna say yeah i was gonna say that in complete agreement with you in that There are some actors who were born to play certain parts. Robert Downey Jr. was born to play Tony Stark. But Mm -hmm. I think Joaquin Phoenix does a perfect job of turning that on its head in that he made Joker perfect with his performance. In that he he didn't... He's not the perfect casting for Joker. I don't think there is a single person who is a perfect casting for a character who is made iconic by his mysterious nature. But he managed to make it his own, and and so much so that when you watch the film, you can almost forget that it's Joaquin Phoenix playing Arthur Fleck, who's, who becomes the Joker. Spoilers. Arthur <laughs> becomes the Joker. Fuck. <laughs> the only spoiler we'll ever get in this 30-minute review. But 
with that all said, what are our kind of like last thoughts on it before we get to our reviews? All right. I would say last thoughts and one more question for you just before we move on. Please go ahead. I personally know the answer for me, but (laughs) to you, what were the like most impactful, like section wise, beginning, middle, end? What did you think was the most impactful or hit the hardest for you? Um, in the movie? That's a really good question, actually. In terms of the start, I think the way we get introduced to Arthur is really interesting and really well done because we're made to feel sorry for him before anything else, before we know about the the creepy, sinister side to his behavior, to the fact that he struggles to empathize with people. You know, I think one of the first things we really see is him dressed as a clown and then he gets beat up by a bunch of kids. And you feel instantly sorry for this person. And I think, actually, I don't always want to talk about film school, but I remember specifically the day after this film came out, going into a lecture and hearing another student talk about Joker with a lecturer. And the student was saying, this film is unrealistic and it's unbelievable because no human being is treated that badly every single day of their life. And my immediate thought was, you clearly do not come from the same socioeconomic background as the source of the inspiration for Arthur. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, some people do, and it's horrible. And in a weird way, it's almost really telling, because instead of feeling sorry for this person, they just didn't believe that this was true or honest. Mm, They sort of uh, almost had no suspension of disbelief yeah and it's very much a reflective kind of yeah yeah, and it's very much a reflective kind of point in that yeah comment in that it almost seems like it's there from the point where the rich people were coming from because they don't see that either they don't see the struggles of the people that work for them i found the film overall in points unsettling but never unenjoyable to watch because it is a really compelling film. It is two hours and one minute long. It is a long fucking film. Not the longest film I've ever watched, sure, but it is a long fucking film. It definitely uses that time. It feels longer than it is, for sure. I think that was one of the things that I said to you when we finished it. I was like, I can't believe that this movie is only two hours. Two hours, yeah. Two hours and a minute. But they use that time, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, that was what I was going to say was the most impactful is the last, like, not even half of the movie. It's probably like the last 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes of the movie, I think are the most impactful. Just they really do sit down and take their time and make you sit in your emotions for those 20 minutes. Like I kept sort of going oh, I don't remember, because obviously I've seen the film twice now. Mm. I was like, I don't remember the end being this long. Like, I swear that it finished up really quickly from here, because obviously when I'd first seen it, I wasn't analysing it, and so I had a sort of distorted time frame where I didn't realise how much it takes its time in those scenes, and it really does 
just bring like that extra dimension to the film. Yeah, absolutely. With that all said, do you want to give your rating? What did you think of the film overall? I would actually give this one overall on a rating scale, about 8 out of 10 clown masks. I think it's a really, really well done movie and it takes you into the moment. It's a really good film to pull people into that sort of DC universe, more so the comics and the movie vibe. Like, it does a really good job of pulling people into the DC universe. Yeah. For me, though, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Joker is a genuinely decent film to watch, and it has rewatch value for sure. I'm going to go go back and rewatch the film again at some point soon. It does more for Batman fans than most of the current films in this DC cinematic universe, sadly, which is more an indictment on what they've currently been doing. I think they got onto a really good thing here. But that being said, it's not a perfect film, of course. It is difficult to watch in points. It can be quite unnerving. It can be long. It is a long film, so ultimately it's not the kind of film that you just like, yeah, I could rewatch that again, you know, tomorrow or right after watching it once before. So that's, wh- that's why I'm giving it this mind score. A break. Yeah, yeah, I think you need to take true. a break before rewatching it. That's, that being said, it's a really good film. I still really strongly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting that you say that. I think that just really shows our bias of I'm a bit of a horror gal. You're also a horror person. But I'm so you're going to say more... I'm a horror gal. <laughs> you, we're both uh, horror people. We both like yeah. horror. But I suppose I slide more towards psychological or like tension building horror than you, I believe. Whereas like yes, I wouldn't watch this film again tomorrow. I'll definitely watch it again. But I think that it just shows that my score is slightly higher because I kind of feed off that energy at times. Well, I think I should say that the tension building kind of psychological stuff is all really great. I think the reason why I gave it a slightly lower score than you is purely just because of the pacing, because there are points in the film that just definitely feel like they drag on a bit too long. Right. And, And if I'm being completely honest... In other films that we've talked about, we've talked about the pacing more so than anything. With Joker, I will say that the pacing is definitely far more on the slower side. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good, but it is definitely on the slower side, and you can almost feel yourself starting to grow weary of certain scenes as they kind of drag on. That's really the only reason why I gave it a slightly lower score than you fair enough. At any rate, this is definitely a film that I think both of us recommend you watch, of course. Absolutely. Please take care of yourself. It is quite a confronting, sort of gritty, dark film. Please don't let the bright colours fool you, but definitely a good one to watch. Yeah, and with that all said, we will wrap up this week's review. This was Joker. Yeah, it was Joker. Catch us in our other longer one to hear us talk more in depth about the more spoilery things yeah if you would like to hear our hint for next week that is also in our in-depth review if you would prefer to go to the in-depth review watch the film first if you haven't and then jump into it because we will be spoiling things along the way though if you want to hear pointless research ramblings about various little things within the film and this week i actually have something slightly more off the beaten path for the pointless research where it's actually me talking screenplay and story writing this time so if you want to check that out very intrigued yeah if you want to check that out move on to our in-depth discussion but with that said we'll see you next time